0: In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel, trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B., and today I have the pleasure of being joined by distinguished guest and relationship savant, Mr. Gregory Colbert. He and his wife are the brilliant minds behind a conference and workshop called Love, Sex, and Relation Tips. Not relationships, but relation tips. And we caught a vibe, the conversation kept flowing. So this conversation will be spread out over multiple episodes. And I'm just eager to get into this first installment so we can get all the tips to sharpen our relationships. But you know, first I gotta drop these ground rules on you.
1: This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course we're gonna say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, A substitution for hard work a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario or any type of promise it's a podcast y'all come on you know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life don't you don't you of course you do now be encouraged by the show be entertained by the show be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs note the host and his guests have strong views held loosely being committed to lifelong learning means that the perspectives may change in light of new That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks.
2: All right, my man, Greg,
3: Mr. Colbert, Bishop, Chief Apostle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the entire five-fold ministry.
4: How oh, are you no. doing, my brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. How are you?
3: Good, man. I am. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. I know uh, it was my my initial intent to have you on for the first season, but uh, man, your itinerary fills up quick, man. You know, you're here and there, and you know, you juggling the family life, singing, work, entrepreneurial thing. So, you sending off sending kids off to college,
2: and just being yeah, a, a stand up citizen, man. So, I get it. I get it. Yeah, so, it's been exciting. We've had to we've had to actually scale back some things and evaluate what's uh what needs to stay on the agenda and what's the things we need to let go of. So I'm glad to be on. Finally, uh, it feels like it's been a long time. Whenever I
3: uh, have a distinguished guest on the show, it's my custom to really try to promote the person as my primary focus, and then my secondary focus is their profession or whatever product you know, uh, that might be connected to them. But I really want to help people understand the uh, the brain, the person behind the, the package, right? So with yeah. that said, one of the ways I do this is I try to catch the guests off guard because I want the raw, unedited, unprayed about, <laughs> uh, you know, untamed version of them. So I hit them with an impromptu question. So I'm an 80s baby. And I think late 80s and even some of the 90s, were like the best years. Um, but I want you to go nostalgic with me and I want you to answer this for me. Which former fashion trend from the past would you most like to see return or condemn forever? you like, nah, never bring that back. Nobody else needs to see that and be tortured with it. Or you're like, man, that's they knew how to dress back then. Or it was a fun style. Um, and so this means that you know it can be from an era that predates your birth. Like you weren't around to see it, but you heard about it or you saw pictures or it could be okay. from your own childhood and adolescence. And and, and to okay. make it fun, let's not limit it to just fashion because fashion makes a statement about yourself, but so does, so does hairstyle. All right. And it can mm. be uh, on a male or a female. You know, if you say something you you didn't appreciate seeing and we don't see any more of that, you know, so.
2: um, gotcha. So talk to. So man, honestly, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it personal, and I'm gonna say okay. that what I would never want to see come back is extremely baggy clothes. Really? So I was the really? I was the individual that, as a as a young man, teenager, buck fifty, you know, mm-hmm. almost five eleven. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I used to wear clothes like three X. Okay. And I look back I look back
2: at those pictures. Yeah, shirts yeah. like. And I was just like, you know, what was I thinking? I look like a blimp.
4: <laughs> yeah, my, so, my guy said the, the T-shirt
2: dresses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would yeah. say I would never want to see that come back. And then if I had to say a hairstyle that I wouldn't want to see come back for me was an S-curl. Did you have an S-curl? I had an S-curl. And uh, I used to have to, like, not lean back on couches or in the car. Like, my dad would Man. say, boy, don't lean back on that seat. Mm, because it would just be mm. Jerry Curl juice, just all over yeah, the scene. Yeah, yeah. It was slimy, and nasty. So <laughs> I would say I would never want to see the S curl come back into my yeah. life. I, I feel like it. It needs to go <laughs> into the abyss and stay there.
3: <laughs> be cast out into of, outer of darkness. Now wait, wait. Right. I used to want an S curl. Curl. Do you, have your <laughs> now? You got four boys, man. Have any of them ever wanted? Yeah. Uh, the activator and the curl and all that stuff.
2: So what's funny is, is that all of them have gone through a stage of saying, Daddy, I want the curl because somebody at their school has one or something like that. Dang. And I just show them pictures of myself, and then they yeah. say, never mind. <laughs> ah, dang. Does that hurt? Yeah. Dang. No, I, you know, I actually do it I do it on purpose just to okay. let them know that, you know, as a young person, you just don't understand. I've walked that walk, and I've known what it's been like to drip dirt curl, and you don't want that for your life. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm, you've got your hands in a whole bunch of
3: things, and as long as I've known you, you've always had your hands in a few things. You're a father of four yeah. boys, full-time employee, uh you're a pastor. even when I met you, you weren't um you weren't a ceremonially a pastor, but in my eyes, you are what you are, and then other people just affirm what they witness, and they even may go as far as ordaining you within their denomination. but without, with or without it, you were still a pastor. Um, and mm-hmm. now we can add to your resume that you're an author and, uh, yeah. you and your wife, Sarita, uh, you guys host relationship workshops for both married, unmarried audiences, right? For both, right?
4: Yep. Okay. So let's, let's, let's get into
3: this. You and I became a uh, fast friends, uh, having met and collaborated over a training project, um, a couple of times. And then after a while became a parent. You know, actually rather quickly that we shared a lot of common interests, values, experiences, and so forth. But one thing that, um, was also very apparent to me was your uncanny ability to forge, deepen, and enrich relationships. Not just your ability, but I would even say your priority, how you esteem relations. And, you know, I got small children. Uh, my son just turned six. Uh, my daughter's seven. Uh. And I watch my children on the playground, I see how evident it is just watching them. I see how evident it is that we are social creatures created for and thrive on relationships. So having said all of that, in your opinion, how important are how important are relationships and why are they so important?
2: Man, uh relationships to me, I think is probably the most important thing at the end of the day. Just because from my opinion, at the end of the day, everything will, everything is going to kind of cease. Just think about the person who is the singer that is a multi-platinum artist. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, when he can't sing anymore, when he can't perform anymore, and fans mm-hmm. aren't there anymore, you're still mm-hmm. going to have those close relationships that you had, and if you, if you burned yeah. all the bridges, didn't yeah. commit to those relationships, didn't invest in them, at the end of the day, after yeah. all the success, you still are going to be empty. So I think people are the greatest investment that we have because Mm. they're really the only investment that can give us something back um, and Mm. reap a harvest that is good for our soul. You know, we can Mm. reap a, we can sow a seed into finances and it's going to Mm. give us a financial return, but financial return doesn't speak to my soul, but relationships do. Mm. So Mm. I think it's extremely important to have solid relationships and not just Not just a marriage relationship, not just relationships with our children, but being able to reach out and have people who are on the same level as you, having people who are ahead of you that you are learning from, but then at the same time having people that are in the places you used to be and you're helping them to kind of have an accelerated pace to their journey because they are are in relationship with you. So I look at it like I was telling someone yesterday that my my goal when I wake up every day— is how can I add value to one person's life today? That's dope. That's dope. Just one person. At the end of the day, how can I add value to one person? And I think relationships are the most important thing because at the end of the day, our God is relational. You know, it could have just been God, Father, God, Son, God, Holy Spirit, but he decided to create humans because for him, relationships was everything. That's why he's called Father. That's why we're called his children. He's relational and yeah. everything that he does, so it automatically, like you said, with kids, kids have no hindrance at all to build relationships yeah. with people. They just like, Hey, what's your name? My name is this. Wanna go play? Yeah. It's like it's simple yeah. for them. And I think that yeah. shows really the heart of humanity is supposed to be completely yeah. just drenched in rich relationships. You said
3: a lot, man. Um let me let me let me you, you got my you got some things firing. So one thing you talked about how, how easy it is for kids to just say, Hey, you want to go play. In addition to that, how quick they are to forgive. You know how scriptures would tell us, man. you know, um, unless you become like one of these, you won't enter into the kingdom, right? So we get the instruction to be childlike in our faith, but not to be childish. And I think it's good right. if we can be childlike in our relationships as it relates to being quick to just forgive, man. Um the other thing mm-hmm. you said, I, I love your use, how frequent you said invest. You you look at relationships as an investment. And what I know from you is that word is so appropriate for how you engage. I think you do see it as an investment. Um and I think it is yeah. something that you're calculated with and you're intentional about and um um you 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 guard it, you esteem it. Um let me ask you, oh, here's another thought too. You talked about how God, you know, he could have he could have had it any other way, but he um the way he moved show his prioritization of relationships. i heard it said this way that the reason why we were created people give all kind of reasons you know you were created for worship you were created for this mm. and that um i've heard it said that there's no other way to experience yourself than in relationship like i don't so know true. who i really am or what i'm really like until i get into a relationship and i have an opportunity to express myself otherwise everything is yeah. like in my head i'm not talking to anybody i'm not experiencing myself outside of myself and so it could yeah. be said that you know let us make man in our image so i can kind of see what i'm like i can i can have the mirror mm. reflecting back to me
4: you see what i'm saying wow. Yeah. I,
3: I've heard it said that way. I don't know, you know, that's not my original thought. So if you don't buy it, that's cool. I, I ain't mad, you know.
4: But uh, no, nah, that's good. <laughs> that's
3: good, man. That's so good. Oh, okay, well, I was, well, I'll take credit man. I'll take credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flesh and blood. <laughs> not revealed. This is my father. Is it? No, 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 no.
4: Um, <laughs>
3: um, you said think about, you know, we can have here on our level people that are above us, like mentors, and then people that we're adding value to, uh, are helping to. Uh, accelerated process. How do you identify those levels? How do you know that this person is clearly
2: above me? And then,
4: and how do you get access yeah. to them?
2: That's a good question. I think um, for me, just when I look into my life, I know that my where my heart is. I know that my intention is to be growing in specific areas. So, um, mm-hmm. I will always find a person that looks like the next level of what I'm doing. Okay. So for me, I know that my call is is definitely to people, to ministry, um, to leadership, to relationships. So I find that because that is who I am, I tend to attract the people that are like that as well.
4: Sure. And so I believe
2: that the people that you kind of come in contact with give you a glimpse, of where you're supposed to go so exposing yourself one thing i'm i'm very conscious of is is that when i see someone who is doing what i aspire to do at a different level than what i'm doing it that they have been put into my space to at least either they have a couple of intents they're either supposed to expose me to something that i have not been exposed to before so i'll give an example when i met my uh my mar our marriage mentors. Um, mm-hmm. He made me feel uncomfortable as a husband because yeah. he was going and he was opening up his wife's door. He was uh, pulling the car up, making sure that it was warm. If it was cold, make sure to tell me cold. If you weren't if it always was warm. doing. It? You weren't always I wasn't doing always it? doing that. No, no way. There that came. That what? came seven years. That came seven years into my relationship. So I've been doing it for seven years since we be, we'll be we be married on, 14 come on. years in October. Come yeah? on, on, bro. You weren't opening her door? Not the car door. So I was opening the door to the restaurant, doing those things. But when it came to the car door, I was the chirp, chirp, like chirp, chirp. <laughs> she'd open the door, I'd open the door.
4: What? So Because I okay. had,
2: to be honest with you, I had never seen that model before. So that wasn't yeah. even something that I was, even Mm -hmm. realizing was a thing until I met him and I saw how he was honoring his wife. And it changed my whole dynamic because I'm I'm sitting there and we get in our car and they get in their car and I'm like, if I was her, I'd be looking at me crazy right now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. It it gave me exposure. So I believe Mm -hmm. those relationships cause us to either be exposed to something or to make a connection. So you're not always going to be able to have conversation be in a relationship with those type of people, but it exposes you to something that can help you to see something and do something that you never experienced before.
1: And the way that yeah. I
2: approach those relationships is I'm very big with just being up front. And so I will sit back and I, I like to see if someone is consistent because anyone can be good at something for a short period of time. So I have to allow there to be time that goes by that I see the consistency of every time I'm around you you're opening the car door. Every time I'm around you, you're consistent with, you know, who you were, you know, six months ago. And once I kind of get to that place where I can see their consistency and what they do, I usually just yeah. have a conversation and say, hey, you know, if I would like you to consider, and I don't ever put the yeah. pressure on of, you know, this is what I want. I would just like you to consider maybe could we meet for lunch maybe once a month. I yeah. try to put a very small time value on it because I understand people who do things at high levels are gonna be pulled in a lot of different directions. So, you Mm -hmm. know, can I get an hour of your time once a month or maybe quarterly? Um and then Mm -hmm. I just give them the opportunity to say yes or no and I but I I make sure to put the clause in that there's no pressure that if it's Mm -hmm. a season where you're not able to add something to your plate, I completely understand. Um so I I go in gracefully, I go in humbly. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't it doesn't, and I'm okay with it. Yeah.
3: Um, that's awesome, man. I love that you said, you know, some people are there to expose or to enter a relationship with you, but I think what's critical before you even meet that person is to have some sense of your own purpose. Otherwise, oh, it's yeah. like somebody starving while they're in a grocery store because they don't know what to eat. And so you could have all the right. kings around you. Kind of like, um, unless a man be born again, he won't see the kingdom. Like. You're not even yeah. in the right frame of mind to see the gems being dropped in front of you. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, right. That's, 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 a, that's, that's dope, man. Um,
2: And that's very true. Okay. Like not even getting into this place of rejection because mm-hmm. they're, the level of leadership, the level of the person that you're going to connect with is going to be dependent on where you are. So, you know, as a teenager, my coach was a valuable asset to me. My coach just had a high school high school diploma and maybe a couple years of college, but then once I started to progress and I got older and I started to have a mastery in certain areas, then my level of um, mentor, the the level of the mentor that I was pursuing increased. Yeah, and so I think that's extremely important. Is, with, with what you're saying,
3: it. Re- I'm sorry, almost I, I jumped in there. Uh, it reminds me of John Maxwell. I know you you're a um, fan of his uh the twenty one yeah. irrefutable laws of leadership, the law of the lid. You know, like
4: yeah. You you have
3: to keep transcending and evolving and and getting a higher level of leader if you're gonna to continue to, to 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 ascend higher in your leadership or yeah. Um yeah. you talked about the third level. The third tier though is somebody um for lack of a better word, uh under you or maybe there where you were. How do you right. um how do you help them without growing impatient. Cuz I think mm. that's a real thing, man. I mean, you could tell that's a real thing yeah. when you just think about parenting. How how the temptation yeah. is so great for us to be impatient with our kids. It's like man, you were, you know, like I forget sometimes like, man, Fred, this is the exact <laughs> issue you were you know, that was problematic for you. And I got to check right. myself, you know? So so how do you how do you balance that?
2: Um I think one thing I'm very careful of because because of what I do and because of, you know, what God has called me to, I believe that a lot of people would like to have that uh, mentorship from me, but I understand I'm, I'm a limited resource. So I have to be very selective with the individuals that, uh, you know, that I let into that space of, I'm going to invest my time into this relationship because I I can see that. And one thing that I'm very big on is, is that a person does have to be at a certain place. And I I don't want that to come off as arrogant, but I get it. The person has to be at a certain level to where my hour of time is not going to be wasted with them just saying but, but, but. Whenever mm-hmm. I say something, when someone yeah. is hungry for it, you know they're eating come it up. On. Those are the type of people yeah. that I love to go after because it's like yeah. they're such a sponge to where even if they may disagree, they'll still go back and like, hey, is that in the Bible? You know, is that the yeah. wisdom of God? Like I like those people because yeah. I've been that type of person, so I usually will look for me, I look for yeah. how I was when mm. i when when mm. I was younger and how hungry I was for it you know i didn't I didn't challenge a lot of the people like, "Hey, you know, I disagree with this like i don't I didn't feel like I was at a place where I could. I mm. was just trying to learn, and then I was able yeah. to decipher it for myself to say, "Oh, okay, I can see why that was the perspective." in that situation, even if I disagree with it, it gave me a level of understanding that I didn't have. before. So yeah. I think I look for the heart of the individual and usually I'll pray about it. When someone comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I would love for it, either me or we get couples or singles that say, Hey, would you and your wife mind mentoring me? We'll pray about it. And we have to graciously tell people, you know, this isn't the right season. Um, or, you know, sometimes it's a, you know, we prayed about it and we felt like right now it's not the best time, but that doesn't mean yeah. that it may not be in the future. So being able to be a lot of people try to not have confrontation and say like they want to say yes to everything. But I've learned that my my no is just as anointed as my yes.
4: Mm. Man, you doing your good preaching today, man. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> My no is just as
2: anointed as my yes. Come on up in here, Doc. Yeah. 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 Once you get to certain levels, it's actually more important for you to say no than it is for you to say yes. So I think with people who are are, are hungry, you know, Jesus, and I'll put it this way, Jesus did had levels of relationships. He had the crowd. He had the 12. He had the three. Then he had the one who was the beloved. So even Jesus shows us that there are levels to relationships and people can get to it so close based on the capacity of what they can handle at the time. So, I think yeah. being very uh, discerning to know what type of relationship is this supposed to be, and then being yeah. okay with it being that relationship, but then also being open that the relationship may change later on in the future.
4: Oh,
3: man, you're you dropping, man, you're walking heavy in here, man. So, look, um, yes, I would also add, in addition to, you know, I agree with everything you said about the levels um, and post the access, I think honor is also an element Damn. um because yeah. like um i i don't i don't like the feeling of cutting people off right and i don't think i've ever yeah. had to do that i think dishonor just disqualifies yeah. people they kind of manage themselves out you know what i'm saying oh, and yeah. then also what you said yeah. is like sometimes the season just changes like everything is beautiful in its own time and it's it's okay that we don't continue i mean even in the bible wasn't it mark and um somebody like the tension was too thick like and at that time, like they couldn't well, like, continue, but then they were able to circle around. Sometimes the seasons change, and, come back, and yeah. sometimes that season, yeah, yeah, sometimes, you know. But yeah. um, so, so to that point, it would you say it's accurate to say then that you have assessed each relationship that you have entered and forged? I mean, it's it, you, you sound so calculated, like if you were if you were um, organizing your relationships. Do you do you have a label in your mind that you could put to each relationship? Like, okay, that's why this relationship exists. That's what's going on in this one. That's the purpose for this one. This is what we're doing here. This is the
2: expectation I have here and so forth. Mm. Uh, honestly, you know, I would say I think I probably get way more credit to being as organized as people believe that I am. I think what I am mm. is I'm flexible. What I'll do is that if mm. I get a conviction about something, I'm very um, – I'm very intentional about okay let me just see what this is mm. and i start there yeah. and sometimes what ends up happening is is that the relationship kind of falls in place by itself and then mm. there are times where i feel like okay i need to pursue this relationship a little bit more or there's mm. a relationship that that um actually cuts off and there's a lack of communication for a season. And so what mm. I've done is I'm I'm really just sensitive to the moment. I'm sensitive to yeah. what's the conviction. Let me follow it. And if it goes Man. nowhere, it goes nowhere. If it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. That's one thing I kind of have learned over time is that I let things happen organically as opposed to trying to make things happen. Man. um, Man. And that and what happens for me is that it almost seems like it's a system, but it really is just me allowing it to play out.
3: You know, so I'm curious, man, and I know I'm putting you on the spot and you can just say, hey, you man, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that another day. I'm curious what what the thought process was
2: when you and I connected. Um, I think for me, like with you, one thing that I appreciated mm-hmm. was you were the first person as a trainer that mm-hmm. pulled up with me beforehand and asked me about mm-hmm. me.
4: Mm-hmm. You didn't mm-hmm. ask
2: me like there was questions about the training class and stuff like that. But one thing yeah. I remember is you said you wanted to get to know me as a person. And I was like, man, that is so abnormal. That is so unique yeah. in, this, in this environment. And so yeah. one thing that I like, that was kind of like the first seed that was kind of planted. And then yeah. seeing you go through the class and just your interaction with people and just kind of what I what I'm able to sense very quickly is at least I feel like I am is the authenticity uh-huh. of a person. Right, right. And seeing you interact with people, um, one thing that I could sense was this dude is just authentically who he is and he's un- unapologetic for it. And But his yeah. heart is so right and he's concerned about people. You know, it wasn't just you asking questions of the day, but it, then it was digging into what their answer was. And I was like, man, most trainers don't care.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So just seeing your value system and seeing who you were as an indiver- individual and i think it's it's when we become the the salt of the earth it makes people mm-hmm. thirsty to get more and man. so i think
4: you, have been here you freaking, were freaking, man. <laughs> man. so i think
2: just you your salt that you were sprinkling it made me thirsty for more of the relationship and so as we just continue to like have that interaction it just became yeah. apparent that there was a, there was a further reason for Fred and Greg to know each other. And
4: you, I mean, yeah. you know,
2: you've been a part of some major decisions that I've had to make in life, but it started yeah. off with you just being soft.
1: We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B. on Twitter using the handle @FredTalks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash fredtalks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalksatmail.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. Let me circle back to you talking
3: about how, you know, you you credit, you attribute what we think is Greg being so calculated and organized to you actually just being um, flexible, yielded, and let things organically play out. You're not really trying to fit square pegs into circles, right? Um, yeah. Um, I, I remember I was in a men's group, and I was talking about one of the benefits of is it's a ready-made community already there. Like, because as adults, I think yeah. you get pulled in so many different directions. The kids got to go here. You got to go to work. You got to do this and that. All these errands. Like life is going. It 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 quells our it. it it squeezes out all the opportunities you would have to just run, run into people. Right. Um, yeah. so having said that, is it easier or more difficult for adults to forge new meaningful relationships than children?
4: Do you think like, children? Absolutely.
3: you think it, okay, why is it? Because we have so many inhibitions or because we have such limited time or is it something
2: else? Um, what I always say about, the ability for a relationship to to uh, unfold, there has to be a couple of elements. There has to be commonality. There okay. has to be availability. And there has to be mm-hmm. sacrifice. Oh, man, so good. if we look at those, if we look at those things, commonality is not an issue with most people because we can we can see somebody and be like, we both like basketball or we both are married or we're both men. You know, so we right. we have commonality. That usually isn't the problem. Right. The problem right. usually comes in availability. Because sure. we don't prioritize relationships. And yeah. because we don't prioritize relationships, then it, we, we uh, fill in every slot of our lives with busy work. Mm. Mm. And That's so good, availability man. becomes an issue because we schedule yeah. our lives around and and I'll just be honest we schedule our lives around self selfish motives we okay, schedule our okay. lives on how can how can I progress how can me and my family go to the next level how can me and my marriage be great how can me and my kids do well it's it's me and mine and creating this legacy which as you know I believe in legacy to to the fullest but I think uh-huh. a part of legacy is understanding that we're not just supposed to leave a legacy for our family but I believe there's a legacy that's supposed to be planted in other families so that they can also leave a good legacy as well. So I yeah, think when yeah. we take the mindset off of me and just mine, but understand that God doesn't give us experiences, he doesn't, doesn't give us a wisdom and revelation to keep to ourselves, but he, he wants us to spread that abroad so that other people can walk in the same victory that you see yourself walking in, especially if you have a mastery in something. If you've started a business, if you have, you know, been successful with getting a kid through high school without, you know, craziness going on, like, hey, how did you do that? Like, somebody yeah. needs that. And I think if yeah. we if we slotted in time to say, this amount of hours per my month, I'm going to invest in a conversation with someone. And we don't look at it that way. It's like we think we're investing in you know, I'm invest time in church. I'm invest time in, you know, uh, my children or, or my spouse. But have you invested time in just talking to someone? Because mm-hmm. the wisdom that God has given you, man, somebody can take that piece of wisdom and revolutionize it, change the dynamic of their lives and their marriage and their children and their legacy just by conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's absolutely easier for kids because, they have to meet together for 6 hours a day at school. So like and see they're going to mm-hmm. have commonality, they're going to have availability. It's just going to happen, but as adults, yes. we have to make time and that's the challenge. So um without this coming
3: off as disparaging. This this uh as as I'm trying to like a, like a pejorative statement towards the church. Just hear this critique. Mm-hmm. I think um so i just told i just praised the church and said one of the benefits is there's a ready made community there but i think that's also the deception because yeah. of the convenience of i'm going to be here sunday and wednesday i think we're mm. enthusiastic about you and i coming for fellowship but you find out very quickly if you ever change churches how hmm, once that meeting is no longer the meeting you rarely yeah. meet because yeah. it was built around convenience or the commonality. Like you said, it wasn't like I'm going to sacrifice to see you. It's like, hey, man, we, you didn't show up.
2: So I didn't even go visit yeah. you or I didn't even go. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I think the last thing, man, being sacrificed is my greatest relationships that I have. were all sacrificial. When I met Sarita, when I met my wife, mm-hmm. man, it was oh. major sacrifice. You know, I stayed oh. up late at night to talk to her on the phone. There were times I spent money um, on stuff I know, I, I spent money I didn't have. And so I was able, willing to invest and sacrifice because I wanted to see the relationship progress. But I think when we don't realize the value of the relationships, like I was just recently just kind of going, you know, into my past and really just thanking God and saying, Lord, it's amazing that within a three, pe- three year period of time, we went from having very limited to no relationships. Mm-hmm. to having so many relationships that it's hard to manage now and i think that's because a, that's we, a
3: beautiful testimony
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's hard man because we when we moved to phoenix arizona we didn't have anybody out here we we looking on labor day and we looking at all these holidays and we're like we're yeah. seeing people on social media like you know they going to the super bowl party and was like i want to go to a super bowl party you know it's like <laughs> i want to go too yeah. But then realizing that in that time, what I believe God was doing was he was helping us to get to a place of health individually Mm -hmm. and in our marriage. Because Mm -hmm. when we were revealed, it almost was going to be very difficult to go back to ground zero and start building integrity and building the things that are necessary for us to be um, an example to someone else that was going to come into our lives. So I'm actually very grateful for the drive. Because it helped yeah. us to kind of get to this place where God could use us to be, to impact as opposed yeah. to going into someone's life. And now we are burdened on another relationship when they, they're in our lives, probably because it's supposed to be mutual. But I don't know how mutual yeah. it would have been if we were still in that place. So the sacrifice that is absolutely necessary. And when you know that it's worth it, you're willing to sacrifice the time, money, whatever it takes to build that relationship. Social media
3: has integrated itself into our lives like it's it's a part of our life it used to be where i could say man it's just social media it's not real life but it's like no these are real relationships yeah. the rest relationship of that I may have started on social media and then they become something more substantial so uh one of the yeah. buzzwords of today especially as it relates to social media is echo chamber where because of the algorithm yeah. because you can unfriend people unfollow people you just tend to have people in your space that echo the same sentiment as you and there's no diversity of thought or anything like that, right? So what role does discretion play in how you forge friendships? I mean, you kind of spoke to that a little bit about as far as like the person's capacity to grow, how teachable they are, how receptive they are. Uh, but are there, um, well, you, you kind of answered this too. I said, uh, I was about to say, uh, how are there levels or tiers to friendships? But you spoke to that with the illustration with Jesus. But how do you capitalize on the measure of agreement and common philosophy and worldviews you have without it just being an echo chamber. You look for yourself and the people that you would reach back and mentor because you could tell that they're hungry, that they want it. But how do you make sure yeah. you don't get all yes men friends? You're not just yeah. surrounded by other Greg Colbert. Where is it, is there room That's for great. diversity? You know, while you still have some agreement, like we agree on these essential core values Is there any room for diversity and what does that look like?
2: Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question. Um, I personally, um, I think that we have done, and I think in the church world, this has probably been a major issue is that if you don't believe like me, then we can't be in relationship. And the crazy thing to me about Jesus is, is that people who weren't like Jesus, people who didn't believe like Jesus, like yeah. jesus yeah yeah they would come yeah. around and like invite him to like the tax collectors were inviting him to the house and yeah. so yeah. when i looked at that and i saw that i said to myself you know i think the disservice that the church does is that we paint this picture that if you are not like me then i don't want to be in a relationship with you but i think it's hard to impact the person that you're not willing to to connect with
4: so, I think part of the problem
2: is that, Go ahead.
3: Okay, go ahead. Well, well, let me just, so I don't no, go right why, why, why there. <laughs> from my experience, my church experience, I'll just say, and you can tell me if this has been your observation too. And even when I was that guy, like creating distance, it was partly because of uh, the way it was handed to me or the way I interpreted it, where it says, uh, like, come out from among them, be ye separate or know ye not to be friends with the world is to be enmity with God. And it sucks that I had such a shallow understanding of that because like you said, yeah. I could see Jesus hanging with the drunk so much that they called him a wine giver hanging with the type.
4: Right. Of drunk right. To,
3: you know what I'm saying? Like, and not only that for Jesus, for he so loved the world. And then I'm using the scripture yeah. that to love the world <laughs> or to be friends with the world, but it shows that he so loved the world. I just had that backwards, man. Yeah. But I think that is probably what inspires a lot of that alienation, a lot of that yeah. um wanting to create a create a subculture like where hey we only do this. Or even the the secular and sacred divide. Like if the earth is the lowers in the fullness thereof, then what are you talking about? I got a secular job. Like, nah, man, that's that's divine too. Mm. Yeah. I think it's
2: been a I think it's been a challenge forever, man. I even look at like a, it's funny when they went up to the, on the Mount of Transfiguration and, you know, mm-hmm. Moses and Elijah show up and Peter's like, you know, can't let's build a tab. Let's build a, a tabernacle here. And yeah. at that point, like they leave. And I've always interpreted that scripture that many times what we want to do is we want to set up tabernacles and places supposed to set up tents because mm-hmm. they're supposed to come back down the mountain and they're supposed to impact the person that comes up to them right after that, which is the man who has the son who is, who is uh, throwing himself and having seizures. So yeah. I look at it, I'm, I'm like, why are we trying to set up these these tabernacles in places where it's just us? And we're, mm. we're called to be light in the midst of darkness. We're called to be mm. the salt of the earth. We're called to be the light. And, I, and for me, I just say, you know, I, that's why I love my job because I get the ability with a training class to get 25 people in the class I don't ever have to mention God. I don't ever have to say Jesus, but people know there's something different about me and they get to ask questions. And what I love is being able to dialogue with someone who thinks completely different than me because what it allows me, it allows two things to happen. It allows me to open up my mind to see there are different perspectives. Then on the other end of it, it allows me to be able to even speak into that person as to why I do what I do. So a lot of times people who don't even believe like me, when I say what it is that I do, they're like, man, wow. Like I've never thought, like never had that school of thought before. And sometimes it leads to, well, what books do you read? And I'm just authentically me. So if I, I'm going to say I read the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to give them that along with John Maxwell. I'm going to give them that. You know, I'm not going to shy away from, this is the resource that I use. I I read John Maxwell. I read Stephen Furtick. I read the Bible. And they're like, oh, you read the Bible. And so it allows there to be dialogue to where I'm not necessarily trying to change who you are, but I'm just being authentic to who I am. And I think that's what Jesus was. I think because Jesus was so authentic to who he was, people were just attracted to Jesus because he was him.
0: (laughs) All right. Look, I warned you at the beginning that the conversation was going to be dope, that it was going to be rich and that I couldn't give it all to you at once. So we got to interrupt the conversation at this juncture and pause so that we don't overload you with all this goodness. But hey, I think we gave you enough to chew on and apply just for now. So keep coming back so you can get the rest of the keys in the future episodes. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy. While you're here, just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, rub me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.